Hi, everyone. Welcome to the special edition of Meet the Masters on Location. I'm Robert Allen. I'm Holly Ehrlich. And this Meet the Masters takes us to a very special place in New York called Kate's Papery. I love it. I've loved it since um, a very, very young woman, and I'm not so young anymore, but I still really, really love Kate's. But it's a very special place where you get special things. Well, papery, paper, right. I mean, they have papers from all over the world, but they definitely cater to everything wedding. There were so many wonderful books. Actually, so many of the authors that we've interviewed on Wedding Podcast Network were featured there, like Karen Bussin and one of the podcasts that is coming up soon with Elise McAdam with right. uh, her book called Something New. Yeah. Um, but then there's some other great um, note cards and imprintable cards, and then they do custom things. But it was it's it's a big store. It's huge. Um, they actually have four locations in New York City, and it is one of those. New York City finds and definitely right. a destination you should check out if you are in New York City. There's one store in Connecticut, and of course they have a really great website which you can visit, which we will have links. We'll have links too. To yeah, for- but they, they have these special bridal events, kind of boutique kind of bridal events, and they invite some very special wedding experts to participate and uh, some great food, some great music, uh, great information. Everything wedding, um, and we're going to share right it with you store. because if you didn't have the opportunity to be in New York that evening, um, that's the beauty of right. this show. We'll, we'll bring you there, and we've got a, a whole great lineup of people uh, to talk to. And one of the people who helped to organize and put together all of these professionals was Judy Paulin. Um, from Judy Paul and Designs, who I've known for for many years and have had the pleasure of of working with uh, at uh, at an actual real live wedding, uh, and she was instrumental in putting uh, this event together. and um, And Holly, you got a chance to speak uh, with Judy, and uh, you were talking about uh, some of the things that brides. Uh, splurge on. I tell my brides is that they should come up with what is most important to them. I work with them from the beginning and we talk about their budget and where they what is most important to them. And from that, we can find the proper vendor to accomplish what they're looking to accomplish. I have some brides who think that their invitation is the most important part of their wedding, and they are willing to splurge on something fabulous, and then are very happy to have a beautiful cotton tablecloth. I have other brides who have to have a custom-made tablecloth because they feel that their guests are going to be sitting at the table all evening, and that's what they're going to be seeing. And so they're willing to spend or splurge on a fabulous tablecloth and feel that their invitation can be simple and classic and not over the top. And those are just two of many, many elements that go into a wedding. We won't even go into flowers and bands and music and ceremony music. Just tell us what what lately has been one of the most memorable moments in one of your weddings. We did a beautiful, beautiful wedding in Sagaponic, and we had three separate tents, cocktails, ceremony, dinner. And at the end of dinner, we reopened the cocktail tent for an after party. That was the most incredible breakfast uh, that anybody could ever imagine. And, of course, people were partying with new music, new entertainment, new lighting, new furnishings in a space that they had been in just hours before. And it it was just a, a spectacular end to a wonderful wedding. Judy was instrumental in coordinating this wonderful special bridal event at Kate's Papery, and they called it Unveiling the Best. Right, Robert? Because there were so many great wedding experts. Yeah, and and Judy was able to to really kind of handpick the people who were participating in this, just much the way she would at a real event where she's putting together her team of experts uh, that she'll bring into a wedding. She she kind of did the same thing for this event. And honestly, most of the brides that were walking around, some of them with their girlfriends and bridal party, some of their moms were there, some dads were walking around. Yeah, a few guys, not many guys. Not as many guys as we've seen at some other events, even though it's not typically that many guys at these um, showcases. But what I love about this podcast that you're going to be hearing from some of the other um, professionals is that you don't get a chance. You're walking around, you're eating some of the food, and you're having some of the champagne, and you don't necessarily get that much of a chance to hear one-on-one some really terrific advice. And 
and you will hear one-on-one some terrific answers to some questions that you may have had during your planning process. Right. And we also got a chance to speak um, before he started to play. Eric Nicholas from Milan Artists were doing the music. He had a really cool guitar. Yeah, it was, well, it was, uh, well, it was an electric guitar, but it like, had no body. It was just it was, the outline of the body. It was a rim. And just the, um, the fret. Like in wire, um, in metal. Yeah. It, right? Yeah, it was, it was a cool. metal-shaped guitar. It was yeah. like a piece of art. Yeah, it was really cool. And um, you asked him, Holly, about uh, a good combination of instruments for a wedding ceremony. A lot of people have been going for classical guitar and flute lately, which is a nice combination. Uh, traditionally, you have a keyboard player who can dial up a, an organ sound and, and play classical music and, uh, and sort of light pop and baroque music. Frequently, I find lately brides are wanting to have pop songs that they like, but sort of arranged in a more classical style for the kind of more dignified occasion that you don't want to be like playing uh, you know, a big rock and roll song with with vocals and everything. Although, actually, recently I had a I had a ceremony where they wanted full on guitar and vocal playing Beatles songs for the ceremony. And I was a little reluctant going into it, thinking, you know, I'm not sure this is appropriate. It's this sort of hushed anticipation that you get before ceremony, and here I'm going to be busting into "Maybe I'm Amazed" by Paul McCartney. That's what they wanted. You know, you have to sing that really. It's really high. You know, even Paul himself is kind of screaming on that tune. But, I, you know, that's what they wanted, and it turned out great. I mean, they really Sounds great. It. Yeah, the bride was really happy, and several of her friends booked us after that. And this was a small combo. This was me and where is she? This was me and Melissa and, uh, and our bass player. And, and Melissa and plays what? Melissa's a singing percussionist. Oh. You don't find that every day. She's a, r- a rare find. She plays Brazilian percussion, pandeiro, and uh, a lot of um, African and Brazilian percussion. So some interesting options for couples today. Absolutely. And how do you think would be the best way to shop and evaluate music choices when, when couples are looking for the music they want on their wedding day? The thing about uh, booking a live band, it's ultimately it's a good faith arrangement. I mean, you can go hear a live band. That's not in and of itself a guarantee that those are the individuals who are going to show up six months later at, at the wedding. Either really, at the end of the day, you sort of trust the band leader that you're working with or you don't because that's the person that's going to be responsible for you know that's the person whose face you're going to see at the party and uh, if you have a good relationship with him or her if, if he if you feel comfortable that he's giving you access to him call on the cell phone call his office email him and if you get a rapport going and you you know you feel like this is somebody who's going to respond to me respond to my individual needs and you know he tends to do what he says he's going to do then that's a fairly good guarantee that it's going to happen the way you want the, you know actually the best recommendation I would have, more than even seeing the band live, would be talking to fairly recent happy customers. Talking to clients who recently had that band play at your wedding. That's great advice. Do you think that it's important to have a playlist or even more importantly a do not playlist? Do not play is a good idea because you never know when a bride or groom or family member is going to have a traumatic memory particularly associated with a song. <laughs> but uh, uh, I discourage couples from trying to micromanage their, their playlist because there's a big difference between being an armchair disc jockey and thinking about your, your personal favorite music, what you have in your iPod and everything, and then what's going to really work on the dance floor. Because almost every occasion, I, I tell you, I have, uh, I have brides, particularly my sort of upscale professional brides, lawyers and doctors who are accustomed to making everything in their life just work perfectly. You know, there, there's, there, there's going to be a tendency to say, you know, I really don't want to hear, I heard it through the grapevine at my wedding. I really want to hear, I will survive at my wedding. That's so overdone or whatever. I guarantee you, for every bride who says that to me, a bridesmaid is going to come up and say, what's the matter with you guys? You haven't played, I will survive. I really want to hear that. Uh, and there will be probably a, a moment. You know, the dance floor is an irrational environment. People are supposed to be going crazy. You know, your normal taste in music might not apply. So it's a good idea to only have on your do not playlist songs that would really genuinely wreck your evening if you ever heard them. Because otherwise, you know, there are a lot of songs that you might not think you really want to hear that it, the moment arrives and it's the perfect song at that moment. So it's good to have the give the band leader the um, discretion to call the right song at the right time. Eric, that's fantastic advice. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Having a knowledgeable band leader is just so incredibly important. And Eric really brings up such a great point about putting the trust in the person that you pick to do the music, whether it be a band leader, whether it be a DJ, um, 
a highly skilled, highly trained music leader will know how to read a room and will know how to choose the next song and to see what's working and what's not working because ultimately the goal is for a fabulous party not having a band who's going to stick to the exact list of songs that you want played. If you want an exact list of songs played no matter what, then save your money on a band or a DJ and just load up your iPod with the exact songs that you want played in the exact order and just put it on and play it. But we're not we're not advising. No, we're not advocating any- that, but I think if a couple is really really um, wants the exact songs played in the exact order, then I think they should do it themselves. Otherwise, if you hire a professional and you tie their hands and say, these are the exact songs I want in the order, you just cannot ensure Ult- a successful But event. ultimately, you want your dance floor packed. Absolutely. and I think With all ages. And that's the other thing brides and grooms need to keep in mind, right? That you have all ages at your party. And I think that, that experienced... Entertainment companies that have played wedding after wedding after wedding know how to read Absolutely. the guests. Absolutely. Um, next up is uh, Julie Pauly, director of stores of Kate's Papery. And we asked her, um, as we're standing in the lovely Kate's Papery, uh, how do you even go about starting the process of looking for invitations in your stationary system? What we see most brides doing is coming in and really looking. You know, they get almost a sensory overload. They peruse through everything. Some people come with an idea in mind, but many, even if they kind of know which direction they're headed, still want to make sure they've seen everything before they narrow down their choices. And there's a lot to look at. Because there are hundreds, aren't there? Yes. Hundreds of choices. Yes. Well, we can do custom, custom creations where they can start from scratch with the paper, the type of printing they're going to be doing. So then... Is that, you, is that a popular service of Kate's? You know, there's so much out there now that designers are doing in wedding invitations. Um, but you don't necessarily need to do custom, no, right? It's it's a small but meaningful part of the business. Especially if you want to focus on a color or a certain font or a certain theme, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Some people are very specific about the artwork. Some are very... Um, adamant about the type of printing like they love letterpress which has been growing in the industry for months years Tell our listeners and not ever educate us a little bit what is letterpress ah letterpress is actually the oldest printing method around started in 1440 uh, and it's a process where a plate is made um, with raised letters on it those letters are then inked and literally stamped into the paper so you have a depression or a debossed image in the paper the great thing about letterpress is it's very tactile it will accept almost any type of paper. So what you're seeing now is you really want to feel the letterpress. Um, very thick papers are popular, very heavy cardstocks. Um, and so people really love that rich saturation of color that they can get with it as well. Um, so it's it's quite popular. For us, we've been fans of letterpress for years because it will work on almost any type of paper where if you're you know, running paper through a printer or you're engraving, you have more limitations on the paper. Is there anything new that's happening that's inside the invitation that, you know, they may not have thought about that maybe they should consider? With destination weddings, I think a lot of people we see are doing uh, what we would call almost vessels or pockets for those invitations. So they have, you know, a suite of the invitation and the accommodation card and the reception, the direction card, especially if there's other events, it's a whole weekend destination. There may be other companions pieces that tell guests about what's going on. Well, we were talking about the internet and the importance of the internet and how to coordinate the invitation, per se, and the internet. And I think that that's one way of of telling everybody, hello, I have a wedding website, right? Via the invitation. Yes, we're seeing people still want that paper invitation. They still want to send it in the mail the old-fashioned way. But in that invitation or in a save-the-date before the invitation, they've got a wedding website up where they can communicate a lot of other pieces of the event to follow. How important is the save the date? Very. I mean, from what we see, I think, for us anyway, about 8 out of 10 brides opt for that save the date. It used to be a must-have for destination weddings, but now we're seeing people do it for all types of weddings. I think it allows them to get that information out very early and ensure that those guests are going to be there. Um, So they really like kind of sending that little teaser out in the mail of the event to come. Anything new and noteworthy in the world of stationery? 
Well, a couple trends have been building for several years now. Color, uh, the influence of color and the type, and then really very beautiful design-driven artwork. Letterpress is very popular. You see that in all the magazines, and we certainly see it here at Kate's. You know, it, it's interesting as a trend, as much as invitations are non-traditional in design now, people still want traditional wording. They still want to make sure they've got, you know, the etiquette piece right. Did so I? that's important. Yes, I think so. I think they still want to kind of harken back to that. Did I, you know, did I name the parents correctly? Is all of the... And they get that help here? Oh, absolutely. Because I think that that is a, a, a query that is universal, you know, to want to do it the right way mm-hmm. and not offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's where we come in or, you know, another printing advisor or stationer can really advise us more on just the paper and the printing. Uh, often what they really want the most is all of those other, you know, informative tips, including etiquette. What about, you know, we hear so much about going green. What are your suggestions with regard, because, you know, we're talking about using paper. So what is the Kate's way? Well, brides still want to have an invitation that reflects their style and the event that they're having. So I don't see people opting away from that just so that they can go green completely. But there's much more interest in, is this cotton paper? Is this, you know, a renewable resource? Many of the printers now advertise the fact that they may have been green for a long time. They recycle their plates. They recycle their paper scraps. They use wind power for much or all of their energy. Um, So a lot of that is being publicized more. Um, Soy-based inks with letterpress is another thing. And those actually have been around for several years, but people are talking about it more and wanting to know who's got it before they make their final decision. Well, that's terrific. Well, I have to tell you, there are a lot of brides here right now looking all around at all the beautiful colors, the beautiful blues and reds and greens and neutrals and lavenders and so many wonderful color combination and ideas and definitely a place to be inspired. So thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. I'm glad you came. I could be in there for hours looking and looking and looking for an invitation because I like one more than the next. Yeah, even I could look look around that store. I mean, and, and they have great it. storyboards, which, you know, we're seeing a lot on, on the bridal blogs, a lot of our favorite bridal blogs, including our next um, our next special guests, even on her blog. She talks yes. a lot about, um, which that's a tease. She's coming up soon. Uh, I think that with regard to, you got to allot yourself some time to go, whether you go with your mother or you go with a friend, or go with your fiance, mm-hmm. um, whoever you decide or you go yourself right. to explore all the different choices because there are books after books after books and they really range the gamut in your personality. Right. And your stationery does make a statement about your wedding. And I definitely think at Kate's, I really, I have to say, I felt so comfortable after speaking to Julie because that's something you really have to trust for guidance and counsel and advice with regard to the wording and the the collection of how you put it together and how you decide you want it. Right, and what components you need and what components you don't. And right. Yeah, so they are, if you're looking for experts, they are the consummate experts. Okay, so I gave a little tease because right. one of my favorite bl- blogs, The Bride's Guide, by a very uh, special wedding expert, she's actually, I'd say, a leading authority on weddings, is the one and only Darcy Miller of Martha Stewart Weddings, the editorial director. And she is also the author of Our Wedding Scrapbook, which is the perfect keepsake book for everything about your wedding. And she wrote it, and she illustrated it, and she actually brought her own to the event, mm-hmm. which she will talk to you a little bit about mm-hmm. when we when we hear from her. But I have to say, we all know that planning a wedding is an exciting time. But she documents her wedding for her beautiful children, Daisy and Ella, to be able to see one day. And for their children to see one day. And she has left nothing to the imagination. But I have to tell you, you get to know the person who authored that scrapbook so much better. And I actually was standing by the table reading every single page. Not only does she have some beautiful handwriting... But the way you express yourself, and I am certain that all brides out there can design it in their own fashion, with their own sense of who they are, um, and share what they've been going through from the moment they met 
all the way to whatever anniversary you're going to celebrate together for many, many, many years. So. Right, right. And we, and of course we, we had a chance to, to talk with Darcy and ask her, you know, just how a bride goes about starting this whole process. Well, I think that, um, you know, so much about a wedding is not about the actual wedding day, but it's about from the time that you meet the person you're going to marry and you're dating and your engagement and your showers and shopping for the dress and all the things that you go through. And um, when I look back at my own wedding, I think about the engagement party and all those things. And um, it's so much a memory. And a lot of people have, obviously, a wedding album and pictures of their wedding, but the other stuff doesn't always get recorded. And so um, the best place to start, I tell people, is to just start collecting mementos. So whether it's a matchbook from a restaurant where you got engaged or tickets from, you know, a show you went to or, or, the, um, movies. or the movies or, you know, notes, a note that you were written. A lot of people have kind of these romantic engagement stories that, you know, he left a note, meet me here, and all those things. Like, where does that note go if you don't, like, put it somewhere? So I always say that, you know, don't worry about organizing it all while you're planning your wedding because you have enough to do, but put it all somewhere, you know, shoebox. Um, and then once you're home from your honeymoon, kind of go through it. And the reason that I published our wedding scrapbook, um, for it's so that there was something for brides to buy that actually can help them to document their wedding. And, um, you know, it's something that I personally wish that I had a book with my mother and father's, you know, wedding invitation. I have no idea what their wedding invitation looked like. And not just the physical mementos, the paper, but actually the memories. And a lot of, in the scrapbook, it gives you little kind of... Um, questions or things to think about. What was the funniest thing from your rehearsal dinner? What was the saddest thing? What you remember most? What's the thing you disagreed about the most? Because so, again, so much about the wedding are all those little things. And over time, other than your wedding video, which is what I think makes you remember your wedding, your video, because it really does, I mean, people say it, but it just does go by you know, it's a whirlwind. And it's a day of sight, sounds, and action. So that's why I also always tell people that um, a video is so important so they can actually go to their wedding because they're not actually at their wedding. You're absolutely right, (laughs) to relive it. So if they actually want to go to their wedding, um, and then the scrapbook is so that they can, you know, pass that on to their kids. You know, what are some things that they may not have, brides may not have thought of that they should consider including in the book? Um, maybe a swatch from, you know, your dress. A One of the things I like is to, there's a thing about um, sending yourself a postcard from your honeymoon. You know, it doesn't, you, you know, in the book, it doesn't take a creative person. You don't have to be a scrapbooker. You know, some people might not paste one thing in, but they might just write. I have one page the day after the wedding, and it says, the morning after, the day after, write down your thoughts and put it in an envelope here. And that's something that I did. I remember writing everything down and now when I go back and read those little notes I never would have remembered like I remembered people kept on coming up to me and saying how you know everything how everything beautiful everything and I remember thinking how good everything smelled and that my bouquet smelled so much like my grandmother because I was carrying her handkerchief and and those little things just like the smell and writing that down um, helps you you know remember it and it's also something nice as I said before, to you know, when you get your mar- when you get married, you're not thinking about children. It's the furthest thing from your mind. But once you have children, you know, it's so nice to have something to pass on to them. So well, your they- daughters are going to um, enjoy, hopefully, maybe even looking at it together. Uh, maybe they started looking at it a little bit now. I know they're a little young. Yeah, my husband would. My husband catches me showing my two and four year old my scrapbook. Although I'm sure they'd be very happy. I think I would be in big trouble. 
Well, I uh, think this but is even, a... I have to say that I've been married for seven years and even, you know, I just pulled it out to bring to this event tonight. And even when I read some of the notes and I have in it emails that I printed out from people saying, oh my God, I just heard the news. You know, I have an email from that Martha wrote me the night she came home from the wedding and what she thought. And, um, you know, when I put, I have the seating chart where everyone sat. And when I even, it's not, you know, seven years later, it hasn't even been that long, but it brings back all the memories which is really nice and also I wanted to do something that's accessible you know it's $24 it's the kind of thing that you don't have to necessarily get a big leather expensive heavy even though my own book is ginormous and takes its own closet practically I wanted to do something that anyone could buy and it's a nice gift for someone and you know that you can get on Amazon you can get it anywhere and it's just something that is when you know people get engaged sometimes I want to send something people something and you don't want to send them you know china or crystal or bed linens yet but it's a nice gift it's personal because um, it's, it's personal. personal and it's something that people will always remember that's from you and they, they will for sure and also the experience it's from cover to cover you're capturing the experience right. the, actually the last page has your wedding anniversaries it has a spread about your first year of marriage and what you learned about each other and highlights and non highlights um, and then the last page has how you spend your wedding anniversaries. And it has what all the gifts are. One is paper. Two is, and I have to say that every anniversary, I go back to my book to look what the next anniversary is. So it's at least a so nice it's a great resource. Continue on, yeah. And it's a great also source of inspiration for everybody getting married. So we'll have a link to the scrapbook. And we thank you as always. Great. Well, it's great seeing you as always. This is all about having your story in one fantastic keepsake book. Yeah, it's really great. I encourage it helps you everybody. Kind of, but you it helps you keep it. those memories but by the, going through the book. From the moment I think you know he's the one, it's like you should have the book. But then again, you don't want to put any... Um, no jinxes. Uh, any jinxes, right. So I guess you should wait. From the moment you get engaged, either uh, anyone out there is listening that, that has ever been part of a bridal party, I but think it's the best gift idea. you can start saving idea, mementos. Which is available at Kate's, and it is available at Amazon. And, but, right, we'll have a link to but it. But that's true. Once you think you're with the guy, like, it could be... Yeah, start saving stuff. Because it made me reminisce about our first date and about our proposal. And Did I, you save anything from our first date? Um, our first, well, we, well, we first met. No, I have nothing. Well, we have a photograph that you took of me and my friends. No, no, no. But our first date, did you take? You a know, I didn't normally. I would have taken. You know what? Like I don't think I took any matches, and that was La Jumelle in Soho, which is not even there anymore. Right. Oh, but we have a photograph in front of it. That wasn't from the night no, that we were that there. Was our, we went back afterwards. When we I took set a lot it up of photographs. Top Talking of about car. photographs, there was one particular. Well, every page in Darcy's book is better than the next, and 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 I wish anyone should go to any event Darcy's ever going to be at w- right. with this. We'll have this little. We're going to have an accompanying video podcast with this podcast. So look for that. We're going to release it. Within so there's a, a nice segment so with the By the time you're listening to this, there'll also be a video podcast to accompany this, which is uh, short video highlights of the event. So you'll be able to, to see that as well. Well, Darcy's book, there was one book, and actually someone was it's commenting. Huge. It's um, three feet by three feet. She said it was like 50 pounds or something. Yeah, but there was one mom and daughter that were looking at the book and they said, oh, what a great idea. What a great idea. And I have to say, scrapbooking is really just a reflection of yourself. There's no right, there's no wrong. You can use stickers. You can go, I mean, I know Michaels and, and, and Martha Stewart now has a whole section in Michaels Arts and Crafts with regard to um, how to you know decorate your scrapbook. And there are so many, whether it be lettering, but whether it be matchbooks, whether it be a cocktail napkin, whether it be announcements in the newspaper that you may have done, your local paper or in the New York Times or in you know your any national publication. Um, the what what I love what she said when she saved Martha's email, any of the emails, I think about all of those great things that shouldn't get lost in 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 the world wide web, that they should be printed out and saved in a particular place. Flowers and talking about the five senses and there are so many things to, documenting the toasts or maybe like okay, something we did at our wedding, right? I I, I was so goofy that I found I'm a whole I was a hallmark. Yeah, I was really aficionado, and I bought these two fabulous, right? Um, a one, oh, a great, about. a great card, a love card from Hallmark, and that's right. what we used for our vows. Oh, it inspired us for our inspired vows. us to exchange our vows. Yeah, I and, wanted to read the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Um, okay, well, the food was was great. 
at this event. You know, I, know I keep that, talking I about the scrapbook. Yeah. You know how much I love the scrapbook? I know you do. But we have to move on. Okay. So much as we love Darcy, and we do. We and really we love her do. stuff. And, you know, and, and we have a surprise coming up at the end, so listen. Okay. Listen. Because till the end. Weddings are such an exciting time that all these little things are so great to hold on yes. to. I lo- well, I'm a, I'm a collector. I'm a collector. But like you said, just keep keep all these fun things. Yeah, keep them. Just get big boxes and bins. <laughs> but let's talk about the food, Holly. Well, well, I should talk about the food. Yeah, because, because I didn't, didn't eat, eat it. Anything. Yeah, I've been on this um, detox for 30 days. Yeah, Dr. Morrison. toxic, so she's detoxing. It's actually been fantastic. Oh, I'm, yeah, it's been wonderful. I'm on day um, 23, right? Right. So I'll talk about the food. <laughs> but it looked then. so delicious. Well, can I, I mean, the menu was so lovely. And this was just one table that was just so inviting. Right. Lawrence Craig, distinctive celebrations that. That's who it was, right? That's correct. And we spoke with Raul Ruiz. And he was talking about the presentation they actually had right, there. Not just, right. At, we'll we'll at talk the about event. the food afterwards, but talking about uh, the presentation, how the food is, is presented and how to get inspired. We take into consideration the person's tastes and, and their personalities. And based on that, we work with them to create something beautiful as this. We make wonderful use of, like, as you see, vessels, um, fruit different types of fruit like as you see have these little tomatillas we use cymbidium orchids flowers to create something unique and um, then also the levels you know of, of the stands that it's on the pedestals oh yes it's absolutely it's all about it's all about the depth and the presentation it's um it just draws you to it you're just naturally drawn to it and and the food i mean it looks amazing as well and you almost don't want to touch it but you'll be glad you did oh it looks so yummy and i love also the color palette with the green and the white it's very fresh going into the yes. summer months very spring very summer that's exactly what we we're looking to create uh, so i guessed right you absolutely <laughs> did <laughs> um, you know what i see and there's obviously this would be cocktail hour kind of food yes that's like, absolutely right this is cocktail hour type of food um but what's great here is like you know going into like you know the main part of the wedding is people think that buffet is like something casual and something like really and it's not something that's very memorable uh we're here to prove that you know we take table to another level. Uh, you can have something absolutely fabulous like what you see here, which also, a buffet also lends itself to a much wider array of food in terms of what your selection is. In addition to that, um, you lose the regimentedness that you get at a typical wedding where you've got courses, where you've got your first course, then let's go dance. Okay, you have to sit down for your second course. A, a buffet, a, um, an event like this lends itself to like a more relaxed atmosphere where people can enjoy each other, not only at the buffet, but um, the bride and the room. Actually, you know, you, you get to enjoy them as well. Are you seeing more couples request more um, of this type of style of eating versus the sit-down? Yes. I definitely see couples wanting to get away from the typical stuffy main, you know, courses. Of course, we do that as well, but like, this is just something that's different that allows everybody, it's more interactive. People get to enjoy each other's company more. And it's like, okay, so like some of the things that we're looking at is something as simple as like, whether it be grilled vegetables or a harvest table kind of thing. Tell us some of the selections that you hear this evening or that any bride and groom could possibly choose for their wedding day. Okay, well, what we have here, we just selected a really nice array of food for a grazing type of like a cocktail party, if you will, or like, you know, the cocktail hour section of it. We have a wonderful, uh, tandoori grilled shrimp with a saffron roasted couscous salad in a seafood martini glass. Uh, if you're not into the seafood, we also have like a wonderful little um, aniswa platter with ricotta salada, um, kalamata olives, um, marinated tomatoes, little roasted baby artichoke. Uh, and then, you know, to satisfy the sweet tooth for them, but it wants a little something sweet, we have wonderful, delicious chocolate truffle lollipops uh, made with coconut, caramel, or for the true chocolate person, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate truffle lollipop. We also have peanut butter mousse tartlets with um, peanut brittle, and we have raspberry frangipane tarts with um, a wonderful almond paste. Mm. That was a fantastic menu. The, the shrimp were like the size of your fist. There were lots of smiles yeah, it at was that really table. Just so good. I love Everything the lollipops. The lollipops. Like, had, how was I, it? It was great. I mean, I don't want to say, I don't because I know can, you like chocolate. Right. It was a... I get, it looks like you know the size of a big jawbreaker, maybe an inch and a half, two inches in diameter, and a hard chocolate shell outside, and filled with this chocolate—I don't know ganache or I don't know what it was—but it was amazing, all on a lollipop stick. 
It looks incredible. And I also, and I, so I had the shrimp. I had that. I also had the, um, the shrimp was such a big shrimp and it's hanging it over big. the dish, but right. it and really, there's video of that. Make sure you check that out. You can't taste it, but you can look at it. Um, but it was really, really good. And, and, uh, I had one of the, I think I had one of the peanut butter tartlets also, which were great. But, um, the cuisine, but the tablescape and also how they laid it out was just really beautiful. You have to see the, the video of that. Um, just the colors, um, the heights, the using the fruit and the bowls. There was one vessel that he filled with eggs. Did? Yeah. You'll see it see in the that. video. I yeah, it was, green it's apples, eggs, I there's apples and, and there's eggs in the shell. And it was just, it was really, really very interesting stuff. But it was very accessible. Like it didn't, it was a very inviting table. Mm-hmm. It was like it said. Right. You could move like all around the table. It was a long And everybody was. It really felt as if table. you were at a party, yeah, you know, it it, really nice. in Kate's Papery. Right. You know, but it was, and it was just the perfect kind of tasting food. Food was delicious. It was really good. And, um, and, and cuisine is important. Right. We'll be back in just a moment uh, uh, with more from Kate's Papery. But we've got a helpful tip from the Association of Wedding Gown Specialists on emergency gown care. What should a bride do if she spills a condiment like ketchup on her wedding gown during the cocktail hour? Find a soft cloth like a terry cloth towel and dab, put a little club soda on it and then dab very gently. The water-soluble part of the stain will come out that way. But very probably, if it's a condiment, it's a complex stain, and that means it has a component that's water-soluble, and the club soda will help. It also will have a component that is not soluble in water, and for that you need something that will dissolve grease. You can try a Tide stick. There's also a small thing called a Janie stick, which is a kind of chalk that absorbs stains. And sometimes you can even use lighter fluid, but be very careful with lighter fluid. You don't want your dress to go up in smoke. For more information, visit WeddingGownSpecialist.com or our marketplace at WeddingPodcastNetwork.com. And thanks to Sally Conant from the Association of Wedding Gown Specialists for that terrific wedding care tip. And what's a wedding without a wedding cake? Robert's it's not a wedding. It's not a wedding. <laughs> well, it's usually even the, the, the centerpiece of a wedding, and there's so much attention that goes into choosing and selecting the, the wedding cake. But I have to say that there was um, a lovely woman from Colos Bakery located in Hoboken, New Jersey, um, which they have a pretty good following with regard yeah. to wedding cakes. Yeah, very, uh, very well known. You know, you would think years of all of the New York City uh, right. bakers. Well, it's you just know. across the river. Well, you know, I was reading their brochure a little bit, and it says that he, that uh, fourth-generation baker decorator Buddy Velastro Jr. has taken the art of creating wedding cakes to new heights. And you would probably have to go to a shop because they have consultations and tastings, and I definitely highly recommend yes, that. Yes, go for tasting. But you had a few tastings of your own. I did. I did. We'll talk more uh, after... Uh after our interview with uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth White, and uh, we asked her about um, how what's the a best bride... way for a bride and groom to get ideas for their wedding cake online. Exactly. Look at pictures, look at things from her wedding that she likes, like lace on her dress, designs on her dress, colors of her bridesmaids' dresses, flowers that she really likes, things like that. Um, anything that gives them inspiration is definitely beneficial to us when we are having our consultations with brides. So, and I know then they look at some pictures of all the beautiful cakes you've done. What has been very popular lately? Lately, we've been doing lots of very large, majestic cakes, like lots of flowers, lots of tears, drapings, things like that. They've been very, very big recently. Big? Have they been for formal weddings or for any type of wedding? Um, Recently, they've been for any type. Brides will come in and cake is the main focus. So they've been doing huge cakes because it's what they like and it's what they want. So, Well, tell us a little bit about color and cake because there are a lot of different um, options out there. So what are your thoughts on that? 
I'm a minimalist, but uh, lots of brides are big on lots of colored flowers or, you know, flowers that match their bouquets and things like that. That's been really popular recently, you know, pink roses and peonies and cymbidium orchids and things like that. Now, if a groom likes one type of filling and flavor and cake and a bride likes another, what are your suggestions? Um, get a at least a three-tier cake and get a different filling in every tier. It keeps everybody happy and minimizes fights. Um, how popular are groom's cakes? We actually have done quite a few groom's cakes, um, mostly for like the uh, rehearsal dinners and things. We actually did one today. What, um, was, what was what it looked like? It had a T-bone steak on it, a Mountain Dew can, and a cigar box. That says it yes. all. <laughs> um, so because I think that's a nice way of satisfying the guy with the groom's cake. Um, but I also, you know, listen, most of the brides and grooms don't uh, even get a chance to eat it. Um, do you have any recommendations on how to best preserve the cake that wasn't eaten possibly for their first anniversary? Um, well, really, you can um, refrigerate or freeze. You can really freeze them and then let them thaw and they'll be fine. Um, or we also do where we will recreate your wedding cake for your first anniversary anniversary just the top tier of it so that's another way that instead of saving the original cake you could always recreate it for your first anniversary okay that's that's a cool idea um all right and other than that what is your very best advice for couples when planning their wedding cake be open-minded um i have a feeling that people go in with an idea and are very stuck on it and i think that there are lots of options out there so if you can just be open-minded and see what's going to work best for you then that's your best option Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, now I had, I tasted... Red velvet cake? Three different. I tasted the red velvet. I tasted the chocolate fudge, which was chocolate cake with a chocolate fudge filling. Mm -hmm. And I also tasted the strawberry... There was a, a raspberry and one a strawberry and strawberry, another, but they were a vanilla, they the same a cake. A yellow cake with a vanilla... Buttercream, I think, and strawberry. There's no question in my mind that a cake can taste as great okay, as Okay, I'll tell you which one I like best, Holly. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I like the the uh, red velvet uh, the best. It that was the my best. favorite. Why? Would you uh, choose it tasted that? most like ring dings. No. Would you choose um, that to be our wedding cake today? No, no, no. If I were choosing wedding cake today, I would probably go with the multiple flavors uh, one layer being cheesecake. So you like what Elizabeth suggested? Yeah, one layer being cheesecake. Really? The other layer being really chocolate, chocolate of some kind. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or maybe chocolate with a white filling. I like chocolate with white filling, and then I would get a white with a chocolate filling. My favorite would be white with a chocolate, but you know what? I like ganache, and I like hazelnut, and I like so many flavors. And I have to say, I think it would be very hard to choose. And I have to say, I still like. An all-white wedding cake. I think it's beautiful and traditional and classic. Yet, then when I see some other incredible, whimsical cakes, I think, wow, how cool. But you definitely want to make a statement at your wedding with your wedding cake. Yes. I think it's fun. Um, And good. And delicious. And good. I like wedding cake. Yeah, but make sure they serve it. Because you know what? It should not just be a showpiece. It should should be be served as dessert. Okay, I think everybody looks forward. I know my mother especially looks forward to a piece of wedding cake. Yes. So then you spoke to a pretty recognized uh, photographer. Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, veterans, uh, certainly in the world of wedding photography, Sarah Marion from Sarah Marion's Photography. Uh, She was there and... um, as most photographers, mm-hmm. no she matter where working. they are, she's, she's working. She was working. Camera around her neck, taking photographs, and uh, I had a chance to pull her aside and uh, and I asked her about how the photography experience has changed for couples now that everything's being done digitally. Uh, I think the experience is 100%, 150% different, actually. Um, I think in this world of digital uh, technology now, we have an opportunity to really share images with people around the world. It's convenient, it's easy, 
at our studio, we provide digital images through uh, an online service. So if a bride and groom decide that they would like to share their images with a relative that lives in Honolulu that couldn't make it in, they literally can see those files and that digital um, link right online. Um, it is extremely accessible. We believe in the opportunity for guests to see the images and actually not have to disturb a bride and groom. Uh, and also, I love the digital concept because nowadays a bride and groom can share their images online and actually really relive their entire wedding night all over again, only with their guests that they never had a chance to talk to. So for us, we think it's an absolute win-win, and the digital has opened up less control of images, but much more opportunity to share the images and to relive the events. We um, do post our digital link shortly after the party. We like to release the images um, once a bride and groom picks up proofs that we provide in our studio. I still believe in paper. I still believe in beautiful imagery. Uh, and I still believe in a beautiful design book. Uh, digital and um, online products are certainly going green, but not an heirloom that can necessarily be handed down from generation to generation. How did it change for you as a photographer to move into the digital world? Well, it's an awesome question and there's too much to answer. So uh, I'll first answer quickly. At an event, actually, um, how it has changed is exactly what you said. If a photographer is there solely for the images and the action and does not have to switch cameras for black and white or color, I believe if you have an awesome camera and a great eye and a good lab to use, the quality and the imagery, if you know what you're doing, could be as equivalent, if not better, and more accessible and much more fun and much more able to manipulate and work with images because it's digital. So your first part of your question with on the evening, yes, it's, you know, you could look at the screen behind your camera and make sure you got it, but a really qualified, great photographer really treats the imagery pretty much as if film. Uh, we have more confidence. We, yes, check to see we got the imagery, but more importantly, um, it is archived afterwards and looked at later. It is not necessarily the night of. The beauty of digital as well is that um, we can actually utilize it in our sale and selling with our brides and grooms. If a um, groom or is not able to come to an appointment but photography is very important for him, we actually do tremendous follow-up with digital links and with images. Uh, we share uh, several photographers' work so that parents can be involved in the process. Uh, there are so many different styles of photography now and digital only adds to that because it allows much more freedom and capturing the images, and uh, the digital cameras are very similar to the 35 millimeter. We have been for 20 years a two and a quarter by two and a quarter studio, so in answer to your question with black and white and color, it's not just obviously changing film backs for the, the variety, it's also changing lenses because two and a quarter cameras were a little bit of a bear, awesome, awesome quality, but a little bit uh, difficult. I, on the other hand, grew up in that and it never bothered me. There were many photographers that shot 35. So for them, digital is a natural, natural, natural progression. And uh, we do have zoom lenses and much more flexibility and much more special effects that could be done post-production as opposed to the day of. Right, not having to do it you know, on the spot. When you're shooting black and white film, it's black and white. Exactly. You know, that's it. Now you can make those decisions after the fact. Exactly. I also um, actually uh, am very people-oriented. Some photographers are more of a fly on the wall. I like to include my brides and groom and my guests in the capture and have it be a fun experience. So a digital has really added to my energy and my excitement at an event is that I actually can share with somebody an awesome picture I got and get them even more excited and even more interested in participating in what I need to capture. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you bring up that point, you know, the fly on the wall. And it's funny because for most people in their regular life, you're at Thanksgiving or at a holiday and someone wants to take your picture, they, they don't wait until you look away. They wait until you look at the camera and you smile. And that's how we've been kind of trained all of our lives. Here, look here, smile, one, two, three. And then suddenly you come to a wedding and they don't want anyone looking at the camera. And I think ultimately when they come and they want to try and make an album and there's nobody smiling and there's no faces there, that sometimes becomes difficult. Do you find that 
you know, a bride that has that intention will end up ultimately disappointed in not having the, those really great, memorable images? Well, that's an absolutely huge question. I don't even know where to begin with that answer. First of all, um, a bride will come into our studio and ask for photojournalism, but I would say 60% of the brides have no idea what photojournalism is. Photojournalism, in my opinion, is capturing an event, uh, documenting it. I call it actually war photography because it really are a third-person perspective. It is not the most flattering photography. It is powerful and it is documentary. For a wedding, that is fantastic, but it is also important to look beautiful and to capture people beautiful and to get those winner shots. We at my studio like to have a variety um, and do a little bit of everything. I could have a bride come in that asks for candidates. What are candidates to one person as opposed to another? Some people will say, all I want is photojournalism and candidates, and when their pictures come back and it's half of the back of somebody, and they say, well, they never got my face, well, that's a different type of candid. So there are candidates that cover a party that are much looser, and then there is documentary photography, which is not necessarily always a win-win. At my studio, we believe in doing a little bit of everything. I actually, as my approach, which in asking this question to me made me realize what I do, I actually shoot the documentary shot, and then I go in for the kill, and if I'm receptive or if I touch somebody's arm and they're into it, I get that second winner shot, and I give them a variety and a choice. Great point. Thanks for uh, taking time to share your expertise. You're welcome. Uh, Sarah certainly is a seasoned veteran of the the world of weddings and uh, does some fabulous work. We'll have a link, uh, of course, to all of our guests on the show uh, in our show notes at WeddingPodcastNetwork.com. And um, and then you got a chance to speak with uh, another old friend. Michelle uh, Rago. Michelle Rago. Who wrote a beautiful book called uh, Signature Weddings. And she was there signing. Um, they sell it at also at Kate's Papery. And she had a beautiful table set up. Um, you know, she does decor. She does event design as well. But, you know, I think her forte is in flowers. Flowers, yeah. With no question. And she mm-hmm. had a beautiful, at her post, she had a beautiful, beautiful vase. Um, full of some beautiful flowers, which I asked her about. In the world of flowers, you have different categories of flowers, and a peony is a show flower. It just is a huge performer. It is The colors are spectacular. The size and scale of it really make an arrangement pop. So there are a lot of other colors? Like, what other colors do peonies come in? They come in almost uh, magenta, white, uh, pale, pale pink, hot pink, um, apricot. So a lot of brides would like those colors. You know, are you talking about color? What are you seeing with flowers that that your brides are requesting? Oh, that's a that's a tricky question. You know, the beautiful thing about the the world of flowers is there is something for everybody. I would say people tend more towards pastels, and I personally love the hot colors. I love brides that have that little bit of hot pink, orange. But I would say predominantly, you find that most brides, in an effort to really, you know do that subtle, beautiful look, really choose, you know, pale yellows, pale pinks, whites, fuchsia, I mean, excuse me, uh, chartreuse, and so I love that bride that swings out a little Well, you have some brides that are very simple and understated, and then you have others that are wild and out there and funky, okay, so obviously color would come into play there, but tell our listeners, do you, can you achieve a lush look for less, and how? A way to achieve a lush look for less is to use color as a design tool. And when you're monochromatic, you get that power of of all one flower. It strengthens the look. When you mix a lot of color, it diffuses it. So I also think, you know, greenery, if you choose unique greenery, fern, branches and cut them short, um, and even orchids, it's tricky. Everyone thinks orchids are expensive, but so many blooms come on one stem. If you cut them short, you can integrate them and get that really beautiful architectural look. So that's one look, an architectural look. What are some other looks in, in with regard to decor and flowers that have been unique and, and some brides may not have thought of? Really one of the hottest color combinations is incorporating chartreuse in anything 
is it, it's such a fresh look and you'll notice like throughout my book signature weddings there's so much green and so much pale yellow and so much white it is so powerful so I think greenery again that very um, right now everyone is going for a natural um, neutral look lots of fern lots of greens green roses um, and then you know it punctuates that white it's a beautiful look does season matter not really everybody so anything goes anything goes not really Mm-mm. have you been to any weddings lately that are just you know something that really really took no- you took notice yeah, you know it's funny I'm not a huge lover of purple and lavender and this table here that you see is all lavender and chartreuse we just did a wedding in Nantucket that was all lavender chartreuse and pale pink it was a knockout you know it's smashing I'm looking at it right now and I love the accents with the candles which is very elegant yet intimate yeah. and this is a big oblong table that we're looking at with some uh, just a beautiful table setting yeah. and, and integrated with a beautiful cloth thank you on the table we have this this is a, an elliptical table it's, it's, a, it's an oval which is a little thinner than you can rent in a standard rental house we had several built so that we could sort of change the look of the, of the room and so the oval is slender it's very feminine really pretty and I love this linen and again the lavender I'm crazy about it this season never been a big fan and it's like rediscovering something you know that you thought that you didn't love yeah and the glass it looks so beautiful yeah, the, the containers glass. a lot of talk about the glass. glass I love glass because it's reflective it's crisp it's clean and it's timeless you know you're not going to look at that in 10 years and go oh what did I do and I also like I, I must take notice you have some high and low yes I like mixing even on one table I like high and low on a long table and in particular you know if you'll notice even on the high centerpieces they're not like big you know sort of drippy centerpieces they're sort of tight almost a pave look which I think is very chic is there something special you would recommend for a bride's bouquet you know, I'll tell you what's hot right now. Or you know, long that draping hand wired bouquet is back instead of just that small tight pave bouquet. So that's fun. It's sort of old. What's old is new again. Yeah, that's the truth. Is there anything a bride shouldn't do with regard to flowers? Um, my two of my biggest pet peeves with bouquets are don't make the bridesmaids bouquets too big. I think they should be smaller and more delicate. When you get so many girls and the bouquet are overpowering. And I think for a bride's bouquet, you know, try and work with your florist to do hand wiring so the stem isn't too thick. Because I think what happens is, is, you know, people make these beautiful bouquets and the stem in the photos is so heavy looking in comparison to the actual um, flowers on the top. So those are just two subtle things for your photography for later. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. I appreciate it. Michelle is a real pro when it comes to floral design and tabletop decor, and both were exhibited at this unveiling the best event at Kate's Papery. I love the very long table. I think that that's a new trend, which is here to stay. It was elliptical. Right, but it was long. And the same thing like at with the Lawrence Craig Caterers. It was a nice long table. So I think that that is saying welcome. I like when I see that at weddings. I like when I see a bunch of different shaped tables in a room. Yeah, I just, I think. Squares, rounds, rectangles. And with our next speaker, Sean King of Levy Lighting, he can enhance the room and the reception area in such a great and unique way. So let's hear Sean. The lighting really does a lot to transform a room. You can take a a room that has no character to it. You just dim the lights, throw on some specials, and all of a sudden the room is transformed into something elegant. Another thing to consider is lots of times when you don't have the budget to incorporate a lot of scenic pieces, lighting can help transform the room where scenic can't always do that. Well... It definitely can set a mood. There's no question about that. But I'm looking at some of the um, your images on on your laptop, and I think it's really cool. Tell us a little bit about what I see, like with these the silhouettes of people. Well, at that wedding, it was a tent wedding. We had projected custom projections of the statues. The bride and groom really wanted that uh, classical feeling, 
So we took the gobos and we projected them there to help like transform as opposed to having actual statues there. So it became some wall art. It became wall art, exactly. And we can do more than just statues. Any any idea you have, we could we could come up with something. It can something. be translated. And I'm sure whether it be inside or outside, you have dip, different options. Exactly. We have uh, landscape lighting. If you're doing a tent wedding where you have landscape elements that you want to highlight, we can do that in addition to transforming the interior space. Uh, we also can have these wireless globes that set up. They are wireless, so there's no need for wires. You can set them up anywhere, and they last six to ten hours. So most people go, you know, do the lighting through event planners. I mean, what do brides know to do this on their own? Brides probably aren't aware that they can come to us on their own, but we're open to working with a bride if they don't have a planner. Especially if they want to do something a little different or even add a little bit of spice of life to their wedding. Now I'm seeing some flowers on the wall, and then I saw some cool pink and blue lights. So really there are options that you may not have considered. Um, And then some fantastic, I guess you can rent chandeliers? Those are actually custom projections of chandeliers. Aha, see that? I was even fooled. So you can actually, like you said, take a room, a, a canvas, which is quite, you know, not much going on, and you can do these backdrops, so to speak, of scenery and add chandeliers to your day, huh? Exactly. And this also helps cut down on your cost because you're not having to rent a huge chandelier. The labor is less because you don't have to spend all that time rigging up, a, you know, four huge, like, three-foot chandeliers. Just throw these on to the wall. Bam. I think it's definitely something to look into and consider if you want something a little different. Oh, what is that before we leave you? Those are the wireless, uh, the wireless balls I was talking about, the spheres with the wireless lighting inside them. So that's great on a lawn. Exactly. Oh, that's so great. And those are so pretty, too. What kind of lights are, the, are those? That's lights or are those? What is that? Those were fiber optic chandeliers for a wedding we did in San Francisco. Well, that's great. Well, you can add a lot of pop to your wedding if you incorporate some lighting. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks for chatting with me. So, brides, are you ready? Are you ready from the invitation to the music to the food? to the wedding cake, to the flowers, to the tabletop decor, to lighting, and then all, oh, and photography, and videography, and working with an event planner, should you choose, but then encapsulating it all in Darcy's Our Wedding Scrapbook. Yes. From beginning to your happily ever after. It's a lot of work, but worth it. Because it's going to be the celebration of a lifetime. And this was terrific attending, unveiling the best at Kate's Papery. And Robert, they have a lot of other events, which when you go to their website, you can click on their events button. And you're going to see they have some bridal brunches coming up if you're in the New York City area. And... They do this on a regular basis, catering to brides-to-be to help them um, with ideas and tips and help the, make it a little less crazy. And, and a little this, bit more interesting. I mean, just, you have such well, great Well, we hope you came there. away with a lot of great ideas today because I certainly learned a few new tricks of the trade. I didn't learn anything because I know everything. Well, that's, you're a man, <laughs> you know. I think, you know. And it was I so learned nice. that. And, and Darcy was giving out, they were giving out the latest issue of the summer edition yeah. of Martha Stewart Weddings Magazine, Wedding. which is so beautiful. And one of my favorite colors this season is on the cover. It's, it's stripes. No. no. <laughs> it's yellow. Yellow. And I love yellow. I think it looks so fresh. Especially You're wearing with yellow weddings. right now. Yes, I am. Hey, I didn't even. So am I. I didn't plan that. But this looks like a really, really terrific issue, and everybody was walking around with it, and it's it's always a beautiful magazine. What? The post-its are yellow. The post-its are yellow. (laughs) 3M, here we come. Um, So why don't you tell our listeners about our little um, giveaway, contest giveaway? Well, for our virtual brides, for our listeners today, for the first... For virtually attending... For the f- for who 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 well, is going to be the random. lucky? We're going to pick okay. at, at random. Okay, within the next few weeks. Because we right we within the we next like few to give weeks. People time. So if you're if you're listening, and it's a couple of weeks after we've launched this show, you can still 
try and win because we're going to pick at random. You got to be in it to win it. Right. That's my so motto. Just don't think that the contest is done because you let it go for okay, a few so weeks. So what we're going to do is because what's so great about when when these bridal showcases come to town. Yes. I think one of the best parts is the goodie bag. And there isn't a woman that I don't know that doesn't love a goodie bag. And I love a goodie bag. So, but you're being so generous with this goodie bag. Because I'm going to give away mine. Because Kate's Papery was nice enough to give one to me as I left. Right. And it. So you're going to pay it forward and so give I'm it gonna, away. Yes, I am. And I okay. and and granted, it's courtesy of Kate's Papery and the the beautiful vendors and professionals that were there this evening. Okay. So what's in the goodie bag? Okay. Well, first and foremost, there is a copy of Darcy Miller's Our Wedding Scrapbook. That we've talked about on this podcast. And then Kate's Papery has a gift card for $10. And then there are some beautiful thank you notes. Um, Julie Holcomb printers for Kate's Papery. Beautiful round edged thank you note cards. Um, that I'm closing the box in this beautiful little box. And there is a gift certificate from Sarah and Marion's Photography and Company. A gift certificate that entitles you to $100 off your engagement photo session or any service at Sarah Marion's. And there's also a gift certificate to Tourneau, the world's largest watch door. So we so invite you. Yes, to enter our little drawing. By emailing and, uh, us. We will pick a winner at random. And what you need to you do know, is... Yes, what? No, no, no. You go ahead. Okay, but in the subject line, they should write... You're going to write goodie bag. In the subject line of the email that you're going to send us, and we will draw someone at random to win this goodie bag. You know what, though? I really think I what? also would like these brides to do. What? Because this is for brides only. This, I, I am, As opposed to who? Well, we have a lot of wedding professionals oh, that okay. are going to tune in. Okay, so okay. this is for brides, brides. because I, I, especially with these services, this yes, is. Yes, we'd like you to be a bride. This is for a bride. You know, I'm not, I, you know, I was a bride and I'm still a very happily married first lady. Okay, so don't lie when you okay. send in. But I think in the, in the email, that should be in the subject line, but I'd also think that they should write their proposal story. What do you think? No? You can. That's extra credit. We're not going to require that. Right. It's still going to be picked at random. Right. We would love to hear more about you and your wedding, you know, plans, like when you're going to get married. Share with us. Okay. Because we really love hearing from our listeners. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And let me tell everyone how they can reach us and how they can enter this uh, little drawing. Our email address is feedback at the WPN.com. That's feedback at T-H-E-W-P-N.com. Or you can call our listener hotline, which is 800-882-1259. Now, if you're entering to win the goodie bag, put in the subject line, goodie bag, so that we can filter you out into the proper mailbox you when you send go- it in. How do you spell goodie? Because you do not spell well. How would goodie, you spell goodie? G-U-D-D-I-E. <clears throat> That's not it? I think it's G-O-O-D-I-E. Well, listen, you spell it any way you want. We'll figure it out. Just put goodie bag, however you want to spell it, in there, and we will And we hope you're our winner. Out. We really we do. We hope you're our winner, whoever you may be. And we... Um, and we like our contest. We get a great response from that. So um, we've given away, given away lots of, of stuff lately. Um, we and love hearing from our listeners. We do love. Especially. So write us and, and, and call us and leave us voicemail. Uh, we do love that. And don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. Uh, go to iTunes. Go to our website. We have the subscription buttons there. Uh, if you're a blogger you want our, our syndication code, drop us an email. Let us know. And we will send that out to you uh, right away so that you can get our content right and on your website. And everybody should check out WeddingPodcastNetwork.com for all the links to all the experts that were uh, featured. In today's Meet the Masters on Location special edition podcast called Unveiling the Best at Kate's Papery in New York City. And also please check out out our Marketplace page, which is full of really great resources for your special wedding day. Yep. Make sure you check that out on our website, which is WeddingPodcastNetwork.com. You've been listening to this special edition, Meet the Masters on Location at Kate's Papery. I'm Robert Allen. I'm Holly Ehrlich. And thanks for listening.